Broadcasting live to the world now, it's Sheila Zelensky. This is a very sinister Luciferian eugenics plan. These spineless weasels preach what people want to hear. They replace repentance with dreams of the good life. Mindless minions. Dying daily, taking up your cross, suffering and sacrificing have been superseded with name it and claim it. And as dark as I know it looks out there, the good news is that God is advancing his kingdom. And it's very exciting to be a part of his great commission. It's Sheila Zelensky. The Sheila Zelensky Show, the only show to give you the truth behind the headlines, prophecy, and the deeper things of God. Now, here is your host, end time watchwoman, Sheila Zelinsky. Hi, everyone, and welcome to this Monday, April 25th, 2016 edition of the Sheila Zelinsky Show. I am glad you could tune in from across the globe today. I broadcast here Monday to Friday at 6 p.m. Eastern, right here at WeekendVigilante.com. Well, last week, I did a part one of invading enemy territory called the Foundations of Spiritual Warfare. And today is part two of invading enemy territory. And I'm entitling it the source of your captivity. And I hope you'll be very blessed by it. And we're starting this series, folks, an incredible age of darkness, abounding apostasy. Debauchery is the order of the day. Men doing their business in women's bathroom, that's actually a conversation. This is a conversation with Christians, really. This is worthy of our response, even. Why are we wasting our breath on this conversation and posting memes and discussing it on Facebook and talking in chat rooms, giving it life? Is this worthy of us to be discussing as Bible-believing Christians? No, it's from the pit of hell. We ought to be doing warfare against it, binding these devils, sending the warring angels on these perverts. The Lamb of God was slain to purchase our liberty, giving us the same power and authority that raised Jesus Christ from the dead, and that's the best we can do is just talk about it in chat rooms, post it as our status. We have the ability to deal with this in the spiritual realm. We're not fighting flesh and blood. We need the blinders off here, folks. We need to be liberated. The Lamb of God was slain to purchase our liberty, and yet people are in captivity and bondage and defeat, and that, I believe, is a disgrace and an offense to the cross. We don't need another teaching on who's in the global elite. What are the Luciferian plans? What are the Pope's latest machinations? Who killed the artist prince? That's not the focus. We need to be doing battle in the spirit. The underlying theme of all this is that they're all devils. So are we going to sit around and talk about what Satan's doing all day long? Or are we going to do something about it? 
Folks, there's lives in shambles. People are losing their jobs. They're losing their lives. They can't pay for food for their kids. We're just going to talk about the economy all day long. Are we going to do something about it? Are we going to talk about all the job losses and all the problems going on? Are we going to do something about it? Some guy emailed me this morning about chemtrails. Are we going to stare up at the sky all day and talk about chemtrails and how they're spraying us? Or are we going to do something about it? I thought we had dominion over the land, the air. Is that some cutesy phrase? This is the question I have, folks. How long are we going to sit and talk about the problem? Because what is the root of all these problems? What's the root of it? It's Satan. And we're not fighting flesh and blood. That's not some cutesy phrase God threw in there for filler. But my marriage is in shambles. You're not fighting your wife. You're not fighting your husband. My kids aren't saved. You're not fighting your children. You want to be kicking the devil's butt, but instead, he's kicking your hiney. All we sit around and do is talk about the problem. And it's time to start taking back ground. There are people that you were called to liberate. There's people whose lives you're called to change. You might be the only person that can impact that one person. You're called to touch someone's life. Well, Sheila, I don't really know how to talk to people about God. I'm not really sure how to win someone to Christ. Well, God's Holy Spirit can help you. Well, they might get offended. Oh, well, better offend them than them burn in hell. You do it in love, of course, but there's no time for political correctness. Millions of people out there are going to a devil's hell And we are all going to be accountable for the ones that we had an opportunity to minister, but we chose not to do it through whatever, political correctness or fear. What will they think of me? I I don't know. What will my friends think of me if I start Bible thumping? Who cares what they think? How about what does God think? Well, shall I keep my beliefs to myself? Well, just think about if Jesus' disciples had kept their beliefs to themselves. The devil wants you to mind your own business. But guess what? Unsaved people, they are our business. It's not about winning souls. It's about making disciples. It's not just about leading someone in a little prayer and they're good to go. We each have our own piece to play in this eternal kingdom. And warfare is a critical part of it. And there are too many in the body of Christ relying on someone else to do their warfare for them. God wants his people ready for war. It's a matter of life and death not just spiritual, maybe even physical. And our spiritual eternity is dependent upon you getting this. It's really important when we read that text in Ephesians 2 carefully, Ephesians 2.10, we are God's workmanship, his poema, his handiwork, his craftsmanship. We're God's own handiwork. Recreated, it says there, in Christ Jesus, born anew that we may do these good works which God has predestined for us. He prepared them ahead of time, beforehand, that we should walk in them, living the good life which he prearranged and made ready for us to live. Prearranged. This was planned beforehand. We are in this world, but we're not of this world. In this world, you will have what? Tribulation. In this world, they'll mock you, scoff you, ridicule you, hate you. And yes, they will even deliver you up and kill you. But our weapons are mighty. We're not just conquerors. We're more than conquerors. Well, that's a nice phrase, Shiloh. Then why am I always in defeat if I'm a conqueror? 
Why is Satan running roughshod over me? What's the problem here? Well, let me tell you, if there's shackles on your feet dragging you down, how are you going to minister to a lost and broken world? How can you say, come, let me show you joy, peace, victory, love, if you're not experiencing it yourself? Well, today I'm going to talk about the source of our captivity. And I want you to follow along with me, grab your Bible, and I want you to pay close attention to what it says here in Judges Judges 6.1. Let's pay really close attention to this particular verse. And the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord, and the Lord delivered them into the hand of the Midian seven years. And the hand of Midian prevailed against Israel, and because of the Midianites, the children of Israel made them the dens which are in the mountains and caves, and pay attention to this word, strongholds. They did evil in the sight of the Lord, that scripture says, Oh, that God of the Old Testament, he was so mean. And now in the New Testament, we have nice Jesus. No, Jesus said, I and the Father are one. So the point to pay attention here is, folks, we've got to stop playing with sin. One of the things that's causing so much apostasy nowadays is this ubiquitous message of hyper grace. Oh, I believe in the grace of God. Don't get me wrong. It is the grace of God by which you and I are even saved. Grace is power to live the victorious life. Yes, I believe in grace, but the grace message that we are hearing today is that there's absolutely no consequences for sin. The grace message today is you can live however you want and God looks the other way because, hey, he understands. No, that's not the way it works, folks. Oh, if you're cheating on your wife, that's okay. God understands. No, if you're an adulterer, you won't enter the kingdom of God, period. Oh, you're drinking all the time, getting drunk, drugging. God understands. Hey, we live in stressful times. No, a drunkard will not enter into the kingdom. The wages of sin is death. The law of reaping and sowing is still in effect. And what did Jesus say? Go and sin no more. We've got to deal with sin. Over and over in the book of Judges, what does it say? And the people forgot the Lord and served Baal. It says that over and over. And the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord. This is not a single behavior. It's a pattern. The enemy cannot touch us without the Lord's permission. We give the enemy permission. It's not always about dealing with sin. It's not what I'm saying, but I'm saying you could very well have opened a door. Sin gives the enemy license. It gives them permission. And if you're dealing with attacks, well, then you could be dealing with sin. It's not always the case, but I'm saying you may have opened a door. There's many, many, many doors that get opened for the enemy to have full license to run roughshod over us. All throughout Judges, their enemies are given dominion over them. There's that theme. Our enemy has dominion over us when we are in rebellion and sin. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He doesn't change. He's not a different God in the Old Testament. This is an example of turning away from God in rebellion and sin. And it doesn't have to be big things. Thankfully, the goodness of God can draw us back. The discipline of the Lord comes. And then they wonder why in America, when you've kicked God out of everything, look what's happening. When everything's going good, it's people turn into Sunday fun day and focusing on prosperity. And it's about your best life now. 
But where sinfulness abounds, judgment returns to the house of the Lord. Judgment starts in the house of the Lord, and God wants you to get rid of that sin. What is this source of bondage for the Christian person? Well, the Midianites represent something spiritual. It represents demonic oppression, torment, permission of the enemy. That word there is stronghold in Judges. Why are there demonic strongholds? Why aren't all these bondages broken? Why are we not breaking the bondages and shackles? The cigarettes, the alcohol, the pornography, the fornication, because we built them. Satan cannot come in and build a stronghold. That's us. Well, what do you mean, Sheila? The problem is fear. When they saw the Midianites come, they turned to self. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Instead of turning to God in faith, we turn to ourself in fear. Fear is the opposite of faith. Instead of going to the Lord and crying out with our fears, we seek our own intellectualism. There is a way that seems right to a man, but that leads to destruction, the word says. We start seeking our own way with our own devices, and we began to build strongholds. Instead of spending more time in prayer, you spend more time online. Instead of spending more time in the word, you spend more time on social media. We're using our time for something else than God. And we began to build strongholds. Remember where we opened at 2 Corinthians 10. We don't war after the flesh, but we began to rely on the arm of the flesh. We began to respond to the enemy's attacks in the flesh and fear grows. The manifestation of the attack may be material. It may be physical, a job loss, an illness. The manifestation may be a physical thing, just as the Midianites were a physical people, but the core root is spiritual. We have forgotten that the spiritual world that is unseen is far more real than the physical one we can see. So between Instagram and Snapchat and Facebook and Netflix and our 24-7 obsession with everything in the world, because we want to see, everything's visual, seeing is believing, We don't see in the spiritual realm, but we start focusing on the world and what is going on around us and what we can see and our faith weakens and our fear grows and we begin to build our bondages, those strongholds. We build them. We begin to weaken our faith. The source of our captivity is our response to sin. Remember what Joshua said to the Lord, what is up here? I can't believe we lost. Why did we get defeated? He went to God. He went to God and he cried out to God and God immediately told him there is sin in the camp and Joshua dealt with the sin. That's the pattern that God wants us to follow. We're not perfect. We're going to make mistakes. A righteous man falls, the word says, but he keeps getting up. We're called to confront sin. When sin comes in our camp, we run to God about it. God, what's going on? But we embrace the sin and we run from God then our only choice is idolatry. Rebellion is the sin of witchcraft. We will build monuments of idolatry to flesh and self, and the goodness of God will just fade in the background. It's because of sin the enemy comes in. But when you cry out, the Lord responds. He did to Joshua. He will for you. This is the nature of our loving Heavenly Father. Yes, sin disgusts him. Yes, sin is abhorrent to him. But our Lord God is full of mercy and grace. What can separate us from the love of God? There's grace if we run to him. 
Grace isn't a license to sin. But if we turn from the sin to God, turn from the fear to faith, you may be in bondages and be in shackles. But when you confess your sin, he is faithful to forgive. Don't hide from God. Don't build strongholds. Don't run away from him. Run to him. Don't run to another self-help book. It's not your purpose-driven life and your best life now. No, run to God. He knows what you need. How many times did Jesus deliver and he said, your faith has made you well? Your faith. Have faith in him. Sinfulness and turning away from the Lord causes him to remove himself. And bondage comes from that disobedience. The enemy gets permission in our disobedience. There is no deliverance without the word. The word is the centerpiece of it all. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. Not in the beginning was the works. You cannot work the works of God unless you have the word in you. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Before you run to a devotional, run to the word. Before you read a Christian book, run to the word. Before you watch a YouTube video teaching or preaching, run to the word. Once the word's in you, then the power to deliver is present. Don't forget the word. Oh, I've done my little 10 minutes in the word. You've got two hours for Facebook and 10 minutes for the word. What's wrong with that picture? Jesus came in a day of great confusion. They accepted his power and his healing and his deliverance but they didn't accept his word. When he taught them hard things, they turned away. They crucified their deliverer. Folks, go to the word first. And then true repentance comes. And then the shackles can be broken. Bondage is crushed. And then the people of God can be free. If you're dealing with demonic oppression, if the enemy is running roughshod over your life, well, then let's start with this. We've got to deal with sin in the camp. Are you playing games at the things of God? Are you playing at the table of idols? Are you practicing yoga? You can't practice yoga and give glory to Vedic Hinduism gods and tell me it's about your health. Come on. Are there things in your home that shouldn't be there? What have you been watching? Are you watching shows about people committing adultery and fornication and cursing and debauchery? Are you immersed in that? Are you watching things that glorify darkness? Glorify demons? What is in your tent? Are you murmuring and complaining against men and women of God? Are you spreading rumors? Are you talking about gossip? Are you spreading strife and slander? Are you holding bitterness in your heart? Do you have unforgiveness in your heart? Are you in a relationship that God told you to cut off? Or something he's told you to stop doing? Or something that he told you to do? Oh, I'll get around to it. Maybe I didn't put my finger on your exact sin, but you know what? You know what it is. Because these are just a few things. But today, right now, acknowledge the sin in your life and confess it. Confess your sin before God today. Father, I'm sorry for you fill in that blank. Maybe you're backslidden. Maybe a prodigal son. You've walked away from your first love. God's just a routine now. Come back to your first love. Seek him while he may be found. Seek him now. We've got to deal with that sin in the camp. Sin is the biggest hindrance to our victory, and we've got to deal with that. Let's pray together. Father God, you see everyone's heart today. You see your people. You see your people's heavy hearts. Father, we ask you to forgive us. We repent. We're sorry, God. 
with our hearts and hands lifted to you today, right here, right now. Father, we come to you. We cry out to you, Abba, Father. Lord, touch your people right now. Deliver them. Heal them. Restore them. Make them new. Pour out your spirit on your people, God. We ask you now that you bind up the brokenhearted and set the captives free right now. Only you alone can do that, Lord. We submit ourselves fully to you right now. We lay all our carnal fleshly ways at your altar right now. Hide us under your cross, Lord. We need to be hidden under your cross. Rid us of our pride, Lord. Fill us to overflowing with your Holy Ghost. We abolish our plans for your plans right now, Father. We want your thoughts for our thoughts. Our fears, our emotions, our wills, we submit our lives to you right now. And we give you thanks, God, in the precious name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. Thank you for tuning in today, folks, and I hope that teaching was a blessing to you. And I hope you do stay tuned for tomorrow, because tomorrow is part three of Invading Enemy Territory. It's going to be very good, so do tune in tomorrow. And thank you again for tuning into the program today. We'll see you tomorrow. Good night and God bless you.